0: Welcome to episode 152 of The Terrible Book Club. I'm Chris and this is Paris. Hello. This time we re- you just sound like Mickey Mouse there but like deeper. I just like ho ho ho.
1: Oh. Chris?
0: <laughs> okay. Anyway, this time we read Delirium by Lauren Oliver. This was this was requested by our patron Patricia. She said, it's a YA dystopia. It's probably not the worst of the bunch, but the society presented within it is riddled with so many inconsistencies, the whole thing stops being scary and just seems stupid. I mean, even more stupid than usual for the genre. She was correct.
1: <laughs> yeah, this was one where the patron recommendation was boop, right on the nose. <laughs> if this is your first time listening to this show, what we do here at the Terrible Book Club is read books that we assume will be bad based on their cover, title, summary, or some combination of the three. Sometimes, though, like today, we read books that our patrons, listeners, or friends recommend. So we do the opposite of what most people do in a bookstore or while they're browsing the internet. And usually this experiment results in a hilariously disappointing read, but once in a while we do end up liking the book. Um, Our content warnings for today. In addition to our usual barnyard language, today's episode includes discussion or mention of fascist societies and, I don't know, the general horrible stuff that comes with them, you know. No, people aren't allowed to be gay. People aren't allowed to love each other. It's kind of the main points. Uh, There's some police brutality. And...
0: Forced surgeries, technically. Forced
1: surgery, yeah, yeah. All that stuff. So some pretty horrible shit, honestly.
0: All right, well, I will read the back of the book summary and the characters here. Thank you, Chris. The back of the book says... In an alternate United States, love has been declared a dangerous disease, and the government forces everyone who reaches 18 to have a procedure called the cure. Living with her aunt, uncle, and cousins in Portland, Maine, Lena Halloway is very much looking forward to being cured and living a safe, predictable life. She watched love destroy her mother and isn't about to make the same mistake. But with 95 days left until her treatment, Lena meets enigmatic Alex, a boy from the wilds. ...who lives under the government's radar. What will happen if they do the unthinkable... ...and fall in love? Okay, so you immediately probably have a lot of questions... ...from listening to that, but let's... (laughs) ...give you some setup here with the characters... ...and setting, as you heard, it was in Portland, Maine... ...United States, but alternate history version... ...where uh, they closed off the borders... ...slash the cities also. Oh
1: yeah, we went full... ...conservative right-wing Republican, like... ...so far... (laughs) <laughs> so far right that it makes no sense that's where we are in this timeline all
0: right our characters are magdalena or lena holloway slash tittle she has two different names because there was one she had like when her mom was alive and then she took her aunt's name generally the naive protagonist
1: chris we're gonna have another pronunciation fight it's mag magdalena okay Lena. Magdalena. <laughs>
0: <laughs> magdalena
1: magdalena god damn it I'm
0: going to look this up. Who's anyway, right? we also have Hannah, her best friend, Carol, her aunt, Jenny Just me, Gracie. Hannah. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Fuck off. It's Carol.
1: <laughs> Actually, there are some people who say Hannah, not Hannah, but oh, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just
0: kidding. Okay. Then it's Jenny Gracier and Raquel.
1: <laughs> yeah. Her
0: cousins and it sister. sure
1: is. It sure is. <laughs> Jenny, Gracia, and raquel
0: (laughs) There is Alex, the love interest.
1: Oh no! I'm on a web page called the Jesus Film Project. How did this happen?
0: (laughs) Get out of there, Paris. Just trying to get to here Come back over here, where it's terrible.
1: (laughs) I'm just trying to get the Magdalena pronunciation right now. I'm on a Jesus Film website.
0: Uh, then we also have various people within the fascist anti-love apparatus like guards and scientists and evaluators and all that stuff that you know you don't really have to spend too much time thinking about it's mostly about Magdalena Magdalena, Hannah and Alex with a little bit of Carol and the, the cousins and sisters thrown in it's
1: like Mambo number five a this <laughs> <laughs> a little
0: bit <laughs> Okay. All right. This is a pretty lengthy summary that I've written for you (laughs) to read here, Paris. So get out of that Jesus film website and come on back over.
1: It's going so well already, Chris. You have to
0: tell people about the illegal (laughs) Illegal love is illegal society.
1: (laughs) Oh, all right. Yeah, I got to get into my I got to get into my best uh, Morgan Freeman here. Um, All right. Chris uh, very helpfully wrote the summary. It is, as he said, very long. So please bear with me. In an alternate universe, United States of America. Love is illegal. Take your bog standard YA dystopian society government and turn the What are they fascistly obsessed about knob to? Love! And turn it to 11. (laughs) Regulator squads, propaganda material at the start of chapters, the close friend and family that buys in very deeply, the works. We've got it all. Lena is our protagonist for this outing, and she buys in too. She's afraid of catching love, or Amor Deliria Nervosa. And can't wait for the brain surgery that removes your capacity to love, the love love I can't believe they didn't call it that in the book. And also other forms of passionate attachment to things, since I don't know, I guess loving cheese is what leads to war <laughs> and crime. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be your love of cheese and not like the I need that... for resources.
0: <laughs> I just gotta have that brie. I don't care what's in the way.
1: Yeah, take my burritos. Um yeah, I guess I guess caring about anything is what makes people fight and crime or something. She's haunted by memories of her mother who committed suicide after the uh, love bottomy. doesn't take three times, and she's scheduled for a fourth. Lena's dad was an, uh, a sympathizer, you know, who sympathizes with people who are not love bottomized. They live outside the city in the wilds. They are called Invalids. So she lives with her aunt Carol and can't wait for her evaluation that she gets before the love where she is measured and matched with a with a paired with a husband which uh, I don't know the whole evaluation is like how good are you at not caring about things <laughs> uh, be a fucking mannequin that likes science uh, at Lena's evaluation uh, she is interrupted by a herd of cows storming the evaluation room and the entire lab this is a protest from the uh, sorry I keep saying invalid it's supposed to be invalids I believe
0: Really? I I, I was questioning that, too. That's an actual pronunciation fight, I guess, that we can have because that's way more valid a discussion.
1: I mean, it's bad either way. So anyway, it's it's a protest by the people who aren't love bottomized and who live outside the regulated city walls so they can love above her on a walkway. uh, She spots a young man with very pretty hair who's looking down at her and winks at her. If you haven't guessed, winking is also illegal. (laughs) Get him. I mean, it is. Um, Days later, Lena and her friend (laughs) Hana run into the same young man when they explore a little further than usual on one of their runs. He's a guard of some kind for the, like, lab uh, delivery area. And even though she knows she recognizes him, the guy plays dumb to Lena. But then he drops some hints but he wants Lana to maybe meet him at a cove later that evening, and Lena tries to make the meeting before curfew. Anyone who hasn't been love bottomized has to be home before 9 p.m. You see, uh, she For tries to make the meeting. Real love goes on. Yeah, yeah. Um, but she gets uh, caught by a regulator squad who like takes her ID and kind of hassles her. And she gets to the cove and he's not there, so she has to go back home right away because it's like 8:30 already, and it takes like half an hour to bike back home. So, uh, Lena goes on doing, you know, summer vacation stuff that teens do and waiting for her makeup evaluation. Since, you know, the cow stampede invalidated all of those evaluations, which is understandable. Um, and uh, one day she comes to Honda's house and uh, Hannah Hannah is listening to unregulated music. Another thing you can oh, no. put to death for because... <laughs> God forbid you enjoy sounds. Um, And Hannah invites Lena out to a secret uh, house show. It's a secret barn show. in An abandoned barn farm at the edge of town. At the show, Lena runs into Alex again, the security guard that, you know, she mysteriously ran into before. Um, As Lena starts to leave the party, uh, Alex follows her and says that he'd actually noticed her a while ago. From when Lena and Hannah would run past the statue in the town square uh, by the coffee shop, I think he worked at. And he described leaving a note for Lena in the statue's hand, hoping that she would see it. And Lena thinks this is so cool that they dance together. And then she's like, oh, no, do I have the love? (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, And yeah, she does. She does have the love. Uh, They continue to meet up and hang out in like various abandoned houses at the edge of town. Hannah's also part of this and helps, like, cover for Lena. Um, One night, they break out into the wilds outside of town. They sleep under the stars and, you know, a heavily damaged mobile home, Alex, whatever, reads her some Shakespearean poetry, very in love. Um, Lena tells him about her mom and how she committed suicide and how she had this very particular necklace that was, like, a sword and had like a blue stone in it or something and Alex is like oh I, I think your mom's alive I don't think she killed herself and burns out Lena's mom has been imprisoned in the crypts um, a, pr- a prison for people who break the rules and love people or things um, and they make it to the ward that her mother should be in <laughs> brace yourselves folks only to find out that she has <laughs> recently escaped Through a tunnel, she dug in the wall that was fashioned from a letter, O in the word love, that she had been scraping into the walls over and over, and guess what? She left her necklace behind in the corner, and it's still there, despite the fact that she escaped (laughs) days ago, and they probably would have taken that during the course of the investigation. Anyway, Lena obviously gets upset, but is also filled with hope because, oh, Mom's alive, and says, like, yeah, man, Alex, we gotta go. We gotta peace out. We gotta go to the wilds. We gotta find Mom. They make a plan to leave in a week. Um, On the day they plan to leave, Alex and Lena are ambushed at the abandoned house because they keep going to the same fucking house.
0: God, (laughs) they are not smart. Basic OPSEC.
1: Yeah, they are not good criminals. Um, uh, Lena is captured. Alex escapes. Lena is then confined to her room, and her lobotomy is scheduled for the next day. Her cousin Gracie helps her escape, though, um, and Alex is there just in time, and even though lena is injured from the escape heavily drugged she jumps out the window in her bedroom and runs to the motorcycle and hops on it even though her like leg is broken or something um it doesn't really make sense anyway cool boyfriend shows up on the motorcycle she jumps on it whatever jumps out a window um they speed away and there's just so many cops on their tail. Seriously, it's like the whole fucking police force is out to get a teen couple on a motorcycle. Alex instructs Lena to jump off the motorcycle to get over the electrified fence that separates the city from the wilds. She does, but turns around to find Alex still behind the fence having been shot and bleeding out. Lena runs off into the wilds because you need to read two more books of this for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) The end.
0: Oh, whoa, okay. <laughs> so there's already a, quite a handful of things in there that you know we're just rubbing our hands together, <laughs> <laughs> getting ready to talk Oh, <laughs> uh,
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry for anyone who may have liked this. I. Oof, the Swiss cheesiness was just too much for me.
0: Someone dug out too many tunnels from the Owen oh, Love <laughs> through this whole fucking premise.
1: Yeah, they carved love too many times and then it was all holes. Um
0: Okay. All, all right. right. Paris, what was good?
1: What was good? Hey, you know what? To be fair, the internal monologue and the emotional material is actually pretty well done and it's probably the only thing that made me not want to die while I was reading this. <laughs> like mm-hmm. Um as stupid as like the surrounding bits are about the society Um, Lena, Lena's like internal struggle is the one thing that's sort of compelling. Um, and yeah, I mean, this is like, I feel like this is sort of like the minimum for what I want for like a preteen, young teen book. And if this is the first book, you know, if you're like 11 or 12 and this is the first book you've ever read about like, ooh, emotional stuff and like feeling different than your family or your societal group, like I could see it being effective, you know, it it gets got some good colorful language and um I think the way it describes a young person kind of being at war with themselves and not feeling like they fit in totally is really accurate and I mean it's not it's not the most insightful thing ever, but I think it's very good. Um it's very good for um for this level of material. I
0: would agree and you would hope that something that is ostensibly still just a romance novel at its core would at least be excelling at that sort of emotional struggle kind of stuff. So it's, it's good that the meat of what's good here is that area of it. If you want one part to be good, it's that part.
1: Yeah. Like, you know, we've got, we've got good writing. We've got, well, uh, I mean, except for one small argument, Chris and I have, I think it was well edited. Um, I'm just going to read some examples of some of the writing that we thought were good. She's still looking at me, so I angle slightly away. I've never been comfortable with my body like Hannah and some of the other girls at St. Anne's. Never gotten over the awkward feeling that I've been fitted together just a little wrong in some very key places. Like I've been sketched by an amateur artist. If you don't look too closely, it's alright, but you start focusing and all the smudges and mistakes become really obvious. You know, and to me, that's like, probably, that's like a really good description of how you feel as an awkward preteen or teenager. Mm -hmm. Um, uh... Even some of
0: us to this day, well beyond that (laughs) age. (laughs) Yes,
1: yes. I'm trying to sound casual, but the whole thing, the empty service road and the enormous parking lot shimmering in the sun, the blue dumpsters and the electrical wires zigzagging across the sky, sparkling white slope of the lab roofs. Makes me uneasy. Everything is silent and very still, frozen almost, the way things are in a dream or just before a major thunderstorm. Um, yeah, I thought this was a great description of the changing of seasons and weather. Summer explodes into Portland. In early June, the heat was there, but not the color. The greens were still pale and tentative. The mornings had a biting coolness. But by the last week of school, everything is technicolor and splash, outrageous blue skies and purple thunderstorms, ink black night skies and red flowers as bright as spots of blood. I thought that was like a fantastic description of how sort of the humidity and wetness and brightness of color comes into a New England summer. I just thought that was like, really yeah,
0: very regional specific for us, I think.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, this was Portland, Maine. Uh, So it is a little familiar to us, I think.
0: And then there's this one last little passage I'd like you to also read, Paris, towards the end of the book. Part of it is actually very silly, um, but I think it kind of gets at something I mentioned when we reviewed Bear.
1: Mm, Okay. Even the dump shimmering in the heat, an enormous mound of scrap metal and melting plastic and stinking things, seems strange and miraculous, like some alien world transported to Earth. In the morning light, the seagulls perched on the roof of City Hall look like they've been coated in thick white paint. As they light up against the pale blue sky, I think I've never seen anything so sharp and clear and pretty in my life. Rainstorms are incredible. Falling shards of glass, the air full of diamonds. The wind whispers Alex's name and the ocean repeats it. Swaying trees make me think of dancing. Everything I see and touch reminds me of him, and so everything I see and touch is perfect. And in between snapshots, moments, mere seconds Alex smearing chocolate ice cream in my nose after I've complained that I'm too hot the heavy drone of bees circling above us in the garden a neat line of ants marching quietly over the remains of our picnic Alex's fingers in my hair, the curve of his elbow under my head, Alex whispering I wish you could stay with me while another day bleeds out on the horizon red and pink and gold staring up at the sky inventing shapes for the clouds turtle wearing a hat a mole carrying a zucchini. A goldfish chasing a rabbit that is running for its life. Snapshots, moments, mere seconds. It's fragile and beautiful and hopeless as a single butterfly flapping on against a gathering wind.
0: Okay, so that last one, even though that last one I find a little bit too saccharine, I was going to say, taste. yes, that is a little The last too, one like, really kind of, yeah. the, the last one, if you deleted that, it would be a lot better. But the part before it, talking about those snapshots, right? Mm-hmm. This is exactly the thing I was talking about in Bear when I mentioned subtle things that make you fall in love with a person. Not like the big sweeping moment, but like these snapshots, seconds, uh, moments that you, like, uh, the chocolate ice cream thing, a funny moment, the ants that you notice just as a weird, fine detail in something that you're enjoying. Mm -hmm. That's really good stuff, actually.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Although... The other point you made is that like it does <laughs> the author gets a little carried away, i think at some points yeah. and gets way to like saccharine and hallmark card e like in that last i think the last sentence or two I read i mean it just it does get a little interrupted by like okay, you know this is a little a little silly um, but I think you know it does it does also cross over with some stuff that we've agreed with and said need to focus on more and I think mostly the you know relationship that they have is at least genuine and yes you know it's not like I mean sure there's there's like the motorcycle scene at the end and it's very tragic or whatever but in general they have like a regular young person relationship they just like think each other is cute and they've seen each other around town and they hang out and eat candy like it's very you know, it's not
0: yeah it's not
1: like he's a prince and he's gonna cover, you know, <laughs> it's. i feel like so many books aimed at romance for young people make like you said you know make it out to be these like big grand gestures i mean there is i guess i guess i don't know i guess it kind of has moments of that where he rescues her during that raid which is something we'll talk about later Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, him being he, him being able to, like, go to this magical place that she didn't even think existed, the Wilds, you know, being her connection to this otherworldly place. I guess he's, he's a little bit that, but for the most part, it's just a decent, fine, first young person relationship,
0: right? Yeah, and you know what? Alex is even a fine young man, I would say, <laughs> yeah, if I was, yeah, be, if I was like, honest, you know... Yeah you know the dad character in this somehow but like you know he's like he cares about her he like even when she's kind of having like there's that scene where she gets a little upset after um she finds out her mom might still be alive and like ran away and she's like they all should have told me and like i just want to run away with you and alex is like you okay could you like think this through for a second though about what that means
1: (laughs) yeah yeah
0: he's trying to help her (laughs) usually and not completely self-serving and He's not like a dom character who's like a bad boy and like you're supposed to like him despite how much he treats you like shit or something. He's actually just kind of a decent dude.
1: Yeah, I was also struck by that, by how he's not. Yeah, he's not. He's only a bad boy in the sense that he literally grew up on the wrong side of the the fence or whatever. (laughs) He's not actually bad or does anything bad. He's just like, you know. Um
0: I guess when the fucking premise of your story is that love is illegal like yeah. being a caring person is like the ultimate bad boy. Yeah,
1: something. I guess I got Oh my god, you're right. That is what's happening here. He's like I'm so bad. I'll Write you Valentines poems. <laughs> <laughs> I bring you three boxes of Ferrero Rocher.
0: Watch um, out.
1: Watch out ladies. Um anyway yeah he is totally fine like you said he does even you know he doesn't pressure her into anything i i gotta say i don't know if this is just me being really jaded but i was like that bitch is destined for the Crips. like when they were <laughs> when he's like taking her to the prison on a visit i was like oh he she's been a mark this whole time i really believe i really thought he was gonna betray her and then he does it and i'm like what the fuck
0: <laughs> that's the surprise for you Barrett. the most like, fantastical
1: oh. part of this book
0: <laughs> he's just a generally nice guy actually
1: <laughs> yeah I don't know I guess I was just thinking oh this is a dystopian YA book like you know probably something will go bad but I thought it was going to be the classic like I had to betray you so they wouldn't kill me and then you know at the end he's like no but I really love you and then he betrays the betrayers and it's a double yep. cross but that actually <laughs> didn't happen it was actually more boring <laughs> and straightforward than even that <laughs>
0: But if listen, if that did happen, you'd be complaining about how tropey that is. So. I,
1: would, I would. That's true. They're both tropes, and I will complain about both of them.
0: <laughs> your free <laughs> will. Free, <laughs> live free or die, parents. This is my <laughs> Which book, Which comes trope. up as a fucking quote at the start of one of the chapters of this book. Did you also lose your shit when live free or die popped up? <laughs> yes,
1: because live free and die is how I autocorrect that in my head, because I lived near New Hampshire my entire life.
0: Um okay yeah well-
1: so, yeah, so I wanna tell you all about the very first thing that is bad about this book, and it is uh, I don't know the fifteenth phrase it is before the first sentence even happens, there is a uh little a little proverb at the start of chapter one from their like holy book and that was when I knew. I hated this book.
0: <laughs> instantly. Near instantly.
1: Yeah, just an instant hatred. Hang on, let me read it for you. Chapter one. The most dangerous sicknesses are those that make us believe we are well. Proverb 42 from the book of Shh. <laughs> <laughs> so we're like, we both were thinking like, okay, so this whole society is ruled by evil librarians then surely
0: (laughs) it's finally sick of your shit it really is calm the the, fuck down everyone be quiet sit down we're removing the part of your brain that gets loud in the library yeah sure it's the same part of your brain that also (laughs) creates romantic love but it's where it's worth it for you just to finally sit down and shut the fuck up
1: yeah so it really is the book of s h h h as though you are shushing someone and it doesn't just come up that once, so you can like forget about it. No, it keeps <laughs> coming up, and so you can't forget about it. And it is so stupid, and there is no explanation <laughs> as to why. I it. I mean, and this book is supposed to be serious. That's the other thing. It's like this the
0: founding like, text, or kind of of the weird, like kind of religion they're doing. Like it's they're like Christianity biblical. mixed. It's in. Like,
1: yeah, it's like government science Christianity. Like they've kind of mixed. It's kind of the whole shebang, you know. Um, I just... God damn it. This is so stupid. And again, it's... It's not...
0: It's like, not a I book would about expect, keeping secrets.
1: No, and I would expect this from Skullduggery Pleasant because that <laughs> was obviously silly. That is not a serious book. And they... this The book of... Sh- you know that would have been like, oh, yes, that's why we keep all of them invisibility spells. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or whatever. Yeah. Um, so it's really hard to take a book seriously... When that's the first thing you see,
0: but it doesn't even make sense as a title.
1: No, it does. Because don't,
0: I, you're not. It's not about keeping secrets from other people. It's not about. Not being about quiet. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, kind it's,
1: of. I guess, kind of. But that's kind it, of a It's stress.
0: it's it's about how like love is bad and led to all badness. And here's also some Christians and science backdrop to it. So who is being shushed and about what?
1: I guess. Anyone talking about love. Shh. Shut up. (laughs) No love. Quiet. All right. So that was really stupid, and it was the first thing I saw, so it was really hard to get over for me.
0: (laughs) I mean... Let's just get right down into it. Paris, the whole premise here of love is the root of all evil. In the garbage. It's not going to stand up no matter how hard you try to support it with the flimsiest (laughs) world building support that happens here. Okay. So it's not romantic love is certainly the focal point of the story, but it's really like desire for things or strong passion that they're trying to rub out of humanity
1: dude the love bottomy takes away all of your love you can't even love your family anymore you can't love a sandwich i can't love cheese (laughs) how does the fucking world spin on its axis if i can't want a burrito (laughs) I'm serious though. Like, yes, it's funny, but it's all I'm also being totally serious. Yes. Our desires for, sure. for things and our love for things is what makes our lives like worth living. I don't
0: There's like different kinds of food in the story and stuff too, and like I they mentioned like the non music or something that people listen to, so it's not like a complete cutoff from things, but because people aren't passionate about it then they won't make like dangerous music or like dangerous food or something yeah, everything I, I don't really understand where the line boring. is between like I'm hungry and I should eat something that I would not mind eating versus like oh I really love this sandwich. the impression that I get is that if you say I really love this sandwich you will be dragged kicking and yes. screaming out of the restaurant correct mm-hmm. there's a scene where Alex is trying to sneak into the crypts with um Lena and he has to get past the security guard and convince like everything's good and he's like oh she's just here to get scared straight her favorite color is the color of sunrise and the guard like nods knowingly so like if if the line is so far out there that if yes. you're like i kind of think sunrises are nice gets you fucking sent to the scared straight program <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: yeah it's cartoonishly stupid because i don't think a because their whole thing is like well people do things that of duty and not because they like to and it's like i i feel like suicide rates would be real high <laughs> like i don't see how it's like, i what's I what is the point, point of anything me. if i can't like yes.
0: enjoy food or like, right. r- like like a simple basic pleasure like that and even if we're accepting the premise of the love botomy, so you're saying all crime and war is stopped because we took care of passion and desire, which, as we mentioned in the summary, isn't the only motivation for crimes and wars. Putin well, isn't out here invading Ukraine because, I don't know, his girlfriend went there or something. Like, it's the resources that they have that he wants and shit. Yeah. No, like, I
1: mean, wh- I think I think there's no crimes and war because uh, they only mention this, like, twice, but the United States has permanently closed all of its borders for the last, what, 60 years? Yes. Uh, 64 years. 64 years um, or so. I don't know. I guess that's the timeline for the the love being a disease, but I think it was around that time. So the entire United States is shut down. No tourism, no immigration, um, and then every city is also locked down, and you can't leave without special papers. So...
0: But certainly someone, there's. it's not like a socialist society of some kind where like all need is distributed as needed or anything. You would still have people that are poorer. Even Lena as a character mm-hmm. is like often described as not destitute, but just like, you know, they don't have as much as Hannah's family does and yeah. stuff like that. So logically, there must also be some contingent of people that are desperate to survive. Mm-hmm. So are they not stealing things? I guess you just get thrown out into the wilds or to into the crypts, but it doesn't seem like there's prisons everywhere.
1: Well, we're only in Portland, so true. we don't so the sense I get from this story is that it seems like i mean obviously this whole like fascist thing is sort of a facade, and they can really only keep it going in very small communities like in this um in this future. Or present or whatever. Portland isn't very big, you know? Even in the Crips, there's only, what, like 700 people in there? Which is, like, not a lot when you consider how much raiding and dragging away of people that happens. So, I feel like Portland must be pretty small at this point. And it seems like a lot of the United States was bombed out. And a lot of people escaped to the wilds. So... I get the sense that this fascist state is not really doing all that well, and that's why they have this mythos, right? To kind of keep the few people that they've managed to contain in these cities in line and to try to keep going with this shit, even though it's like really only working on a few thousand people because they're so heavily guarded and penned in. Um, I mean, the best version of this type of dystopia is the version that we see in the Man in the High Castle, at least in the the televised uh, series. And this is, like, in in that version, you have an alternate... I'm sure you're all familiar with this. You have an alternate history where um, World War II was lost by the Allies. And so Germany and Japan split the U.S. <clears throat> so Germany has the whole East Coast. Japan has the whole West Coast. And then in the center, it's kind of the, the badlands. It's like they were just, like eh, it's the middle ground. Technically, both sides can, like, send bounty hunters in there, but it's sort of like the wilds where people can escape to. And, you know, the West Coast that, Jap- that Japan runs is a little more lenient where, like, they won't put people to death for having a deformity, for example, or having a disease, but maybe you just won't get very far in life. So kind of like present day, you know, the United mm. States. Um, whereas on the German side... We are full Nazis turned up to 11. So, like, um, if you are determined to have any kind of defect, you are um, euthanized. And your whole family, like, supports it because we're all buying into this white power, white supremacy, like, perfect Aryan race shit. And the way that everything is structured is, like, they, you know, they still have trade (laughs) and, like, manufacturing and stuff with other places it's not like it's totally shut down you just can't you can't travel to or live in those areas unless you have proper papers but like other places still exist and whatever i mean it, it's a lot more believable in that version of things
0: also they're not trying to outlaw love right yeah, like that's a real <laughs> i mean they kind <laughs> Let's of get are right socially... back down to this
1: right right i mean they are you know unless you're an able-bodied White person or whatever who, you know, doesn't have any diseases or what have you. But yes, um, of course. But it's true. You can, like, it is a very regulated society where you will be hauled off and, like, interrogated and watched and, like, maybe, you know, imprisoned forever or killed if you do the wrong thing. But it's like, I don't know, man. The structure makes more sense. The structure of this does not make sense. Like, in.
0: In like, it's very unclear like where that line between like slight preference for something versus I like it a lot is to into love or something like that.
1: No, they can't they can't have like like you said with the color thing. They can't even say their favorite color is orange because quote unquote that would be freakish. Like my favorite color is blue is like a very good answer. You can't say gray. That's weird. I mean there's all this weird and you can say, like, oh, I'm very good at science and math, but you can't say, like, I really like science and math, right? Like, you can't say, I like yeah, I to don't run. understand. Lena like, has what? to say, like, I run to keep my body healthy or whatever. She can't say, like, I love running with my best friend. It's the only time I feel alive. She would be thrown <laughs> to the fucking slaughter. Um, yeah, I just think but the, st- the structure it's... in, like, the Man in the High Castle Nazi version makes more sense because we're not getting love bottomies on top of the fascist state. It's just, it's really hard. Well, and I think the fascist state in this book is poorly constructed because it's like, Oh, everything is so hyper-regulated, but then these kids can just like walk to a barn 20 minutes away and have a, a punk show. Like I just, it's not even outside the city border. <laughs> believable. Yeah. That doesn't seem believable. Like if you're telling me that I can't even say I like this ice cream cone, or I'll be hauled away to the stocks. Like, I, it, it doesn't, you can't have both of those things being true. You have to come up with a different way for people to have had this party or this concert. I just, ah, it
0: doesn't. Also, make sometimes sense. when the regulators are doing their regulating, they seem very passionate about regulating, right? They They're do. Like, they seem angry and, like, up in so, arms about things. But so, so passionate
1: that-, that they beat children with bats and kill them
0: but like they're not even described as doing it like dispat like coldly. The guard oh. in the crypt seems that way, but like the the people doing the raiding seem very up in arms as I said. Hey, Chris, so, like,
1: you know what I suspect that will probably uh-huh. be revealed in book 3. Oh yeah. I don't think the love bottomy is real.
0: Oh, you think it's like a placebo thing? Mhm.
1: Yeah. Because I, I don't because yeah, I don't th- <laughs> I would be shocked if it wasn't. I thought that was going to be a reveal at the end of this book and it wasn't. Anyway, please think out your dystopias. Please don't leave giant holes, the love tunnel <laughs> love tunnel size holes in your stories. It's really hard to imagine that this is true because it's like you can't have you can only have the most bland art and music that like someone's like assigned to do as a job. So uh,
0: it's just that one piece of hold music that you hear half the time when you're on hold oh. forever with like the weird delaying clap. Do you know that one? It's like, tututututa tututututa oh, yes,
1: tututututa it's tututututa awful. that is that is nightmare <laughs> music. Um,
0: <laughs> I don't know why that's the one that everyone likes to use.
1: Yeah, it's really tough to believe in this this society. I, I agree with Patricia i do not get i do not get it it it's it doesn't make sense you know you have it
0: never seemed scary to me ever it just was stupid out the gate so
1: yeah it was it was never scary i agree with you i was like oh this seems dystopia and and frightening and then i'm like oh it's just it's stupid
0: even as a dystopia and a romance plot it's extremely paint by numbers yeah, is. Alex is romantic because he can recite Shakespeare and E.E. Oh. Cummings at will. And he's the boy from the wild and he can take you out of this town, baby.
1: <laughs> I thought you were going to say he's the boy from the wire. And I was like, Jesus
0: Christ. one. <laughs> and they go and sleep under the stars mm. and he's got a chiseled bod. And he's mm. got nice hair. And, 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 and like yeah. I've heard we write like, I guess I, I get it. Like Shakespeare is outlaw kind of except for romeo and juliet as a cautionary tale so like it's Uh he would be kind of fresh and new in this scenario but i don't know man but all of us who
1: are reading it it is not so i mean you know maybe write your books for reality the people who are reading them uh
0: yeah i mean the dystopia isn't much better why must every dystopia in fiction be so ham-handedly fascist Every single one of these y- Roma- y- wide, wide deli books. in there,
1: whole deli in there, yeah, <laughs> all the <it's> hands. The-
0: <laughs> but like, it, there's other ways that society exerts pressure on people. That's not just like a government squad coming off and hauling you away. Like, do we really have to beat you over the head with the fact that it's bad when you're controlled by others this hard? Uh, like there's structural mechanisms that keep people, you know, ostracized in society where it's not like a legal mandate. It's like not like written in law books to, you know, not give a loan to a certain kind of person that comes into your bank. You know, even that could be written, bit, explicitly written as illegal, but it still happens all the time. Hmm. And this is the kind of stuff like I think sometimes this kind of setting where it is so overt actually softens people up to the real world fascism creep we can see. It's yes. not really bad unless we have regulator squads actually raiding your house and dragging and beating you.
1: Beating your dog to death and then throwing it out on the sidewalk. Like it's not yeah, the un- until
0: then we have like this aside. plausible deniability about it. Like there's far more insidious mechanisms that are hidden and happen all the time here, so I'm sick of fiction stories like this that only use blunt force examples of how a society can control you. There's there's so many other ways to, to portray it because it, it happens all the time. I don't know. Go in to interview someone that's experienced this and use that. But on the other hand, the love is a legal premise would only work if you had to get to this level of fascism yeah. about it. So, yeah.
1: Well, I just I feel like the author was just grasping at like, oh, what could I do that's fascist but different? And they were like, oh, what if I did love lobotomies? And I mean, I guess... It was enough to get them published, right? So what do I know? But um, it's still real stupid and doesn't make any sense. Uh, I feel like this book really skated by on, like, the quality of the young adult, like, internal, you know, confusion <laughs> writing, and, yes, like, everyone yeah. just turned a blind eye to the rest of it. They were like, good enough.
0: <laughs> so, you got to be real extra not seeing things. <laughs> yeah,
1: but, I, I mean, you, you bring up a really critical point uh, and a good one about yeah it's like unless there are people rounding you up and your family and killing your dog everything's fine at least it's not that but it's not that though and that's how we end up where we are today Um, no no one cares even if it's someone they know even if their friend is being rounded up or their family member it's not them it's not their dog
0: And I guess, I mean, just again, with this particular kind of premise, I really don't think you could be doing this kind of thing. But you could have these dystopian societies where it's not like, like I said, like this legal in the books law and the whole society is like oriented around this particular topic that you're talking about. You could write about more subtle ways of keeping people out, which to me is much more compelling.
1: I mean, that would just be reality, though like
0: (laughs) and thus why it's a little bit more compelling
1: yeah i agree i mean i i would also like some more creativity here instead of (sighs) yeah i think the biggest problem with this like you said is it inures people to the realities of actual fascism creep that we're dealing with and you know has been dealt with in history um on a longer time scale too and it's just like someone reads this and they're like wow at least, you know, at least I can still listen to rock music <laughs> and eat strawberry ice cream. Wow, I should really appreciate what I have and not question anything. It really, and And again, I just want to be clear, I don't think the author is, like, intentionally doing this, but it is a side effect <laughs> of this sort of writing. I think it really does give off the idea that, like, well, this is what's truly evil. And unless a German shepherd is ripping your leg apart at a house party... Um, and a cop is beating your friend to death with a baton, then you know everything's fine till we get I to that in, point. It's cool.
0: I guess in this story, what if it was like if you said I really loved that sandwich I had down the street the other day? You just get kind of generally ostracized from society instead. Like people just stop hanging out with you a bunch because I mean like, that would be man, more that's delicious. Interesting.
1: That would be more interesting if if. I don't know I I honestly I just think this is
0: yeah and then like Lena's internal struggle is more like am I going crazy like you know is it really just this bad because I said I she eats like a a really good like vegetable sub it's got a bunch of cheese in there she brings hot
1: sauce to school and someone pulls the fire alarm they're
0: like
1: (laughs) (laughs) emergency it's too
0: hot (laughs)
1: flavors Scared. It's just
0: Tabasco. <laughs> uh, but yeah. but yeah, like I I I just want to see a more subtle version of this, please, YA dystopia writers, give your audience some credit.
1: Or if it I mean if it is going to be a big fascist hellscape, like The Love Bottomy just doesn't work, man. Like just buy a lot I just I don't see how you could have all of your love and like and desire and want extracted and have society still turn i mm... oh yeah, yeah what's that's the point right of going to work? and the whole like... country and the whole country is is cut off too so there's no there's <laughs> no like trade or extra labor actually the one thing this book does get right i think is is how it talks it's very brief but how it talks about gasoline and cars and how oil is non-existent and the only people who have it are the really wealthy folks and like people think cars are good luck and so when someone drives a car down the street people like pet it i was like oh that's such a good detail that's a good good author good world building yes (laughs) more of that
0: we'll give Um, you some credit for that
1: yeah and you know and the fact that like electricity has to be rationed to by poorer families you know and I thought that stuff made sense. You know, clearly we're living in times of scarcity because the whole fucking country's been shut down for sixty years. Um But there's but there's really that's really all they talk about though, is just the electricity and the gas, and then there's no discussion of like food differences, which I feel like would be very large if there was if the Honestly, whole I know- country got shut down for sixty something years.
0: I know we keep coming back to this metaphor here or like not even metaphor but like just a point of topic here but like I think Paris for you and I especially food is a very high tier bonding activity for both of us and like we both talk about all the different kinds of food we like to eat and everything like that and that is really what I keep keep what I kept coming back to and thinking about where it's like Lena and Hannah talk about like preferring chocolate or vanilla ice cream at one point I guess because they haven't had the love bottomy yet or anything but like how, did, how how does the world keep turning if you don't at least want to go to work so, like, I don't know, you can get lunch at the nice sandwich place down the street? Like, what's the use of coming home and going back to work every day if you can't have, like, an enjoyable movie? I mean, there are movies, but I guess they're very bla- – yeah. that weird gray line of, like, they had to include some art, some kind of, you know – difference of cuisine somewhere so like they had to keep it intentionally vague or else the whole fucking thing falls apart even I mean, at quicker least
1: ravioli is still here man like ravioli is <laughs> specifically true. called out as still existing so <laughs> i've got that um yeah i yeah i have I, I mean i know that their whole thing is like oh fear and duty is what propels and it's like but if you don't care about anyone why are you afraid if you don't love yes. anyone What duty do you have? Who fucking cares? Like, if you can't love the state, why don't you? Why do you care about duty? If you can't like your kid, what do you fear? You know, it just. The the internal logic is fucking broken. The whole (laughs) whole platform the story rests on garbage. Ugh.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, (laughs) speaking of, like, immediately. Finding something to be hamfisted. Let's focus in for a second on the <laughs> hole in the wall from the I mean, only. I don't know scene. what else.
1: I don't know what more there is to say. I kind of gave it away in the summary, <laughs> but
0: <laughs> but like it's if you're not openly laughing at that scene, Paris. Like I really have you had a love me if you, you t- like. How do you write that down into your book and be like, "Oh, this is my dramatic moment where she because she scrawled love all over the walls multiple times to like obfuscate the, that the big love was the escape tunnel or something.
1: I don't see how that would work. The O has to fit your body. I don't was know was she how
0: replacing you- like the 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 circle that was in the o every night after she dug it out a little bit more?"
1: That is definitely never brought up, and I was also (laughs) wondering, I was like, how long would you have to scrape into the wall to dig a tunnel big enough for your body, and presumably she scraped it out with what? Do we even know?
0: I think, like, her fucking fingernails, as far as we know
1: doesn't seem possible. I don't know. I mean, I know that's people much break out prisons, a... <laughs> but you need, like, an implement, a tool, a bedpost, anything. I don't
0: know, the pin, the sword pin?
1: The... Very oh, slowly? Oh, my God. That would be... A... Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Maybe. I don't know.
0: Um... But, like, making it the word love all over the place and, like, her mom is just such a lover person that she can't stop loving all the time and she escapes through the word love mm-hmm. is... It's it, honestly, it's like a crown jewel of unsubtlety in all of the terrible books yeah. that we've read.
1: It kind <laughs> it's of a is.
0: Shining example.
1: Yeah. I mean, it took her 10 years. I mean, this book also suffers from, like, you know, uh, coincidentia or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Alex and Lena get there right as for a few days after her mother has escaped, and like, you know alex happens to run into lena like three times after obsessing over her at the coffee shop like seeing her from the coffee shop or whatever and you know i hate all that stuff too but man yeah it really really uh honey's up these hams i got to say <laughs> really, like punching <laughs> up the jams um I, I mean, like yeah.
0: the pacing isn't even that great after a certain point, too, right? Yeah, like it is. Summer it is vacation at first. diary.
1: Yes, and then we get trapped in summer vacation diary island, and it's like, oh no! I yeah. At the beginning, I was like, well, this premise is stupid, but the writing is okay, and you know, I could I'm down with, I can read this. And then after I got through, like, I think I was at like forty percent, and I was like, okay. What's happening now? And then, like, you know, we have the party scene or whatever, and I'm like, okay, all right. But then, like, back to Summer Vacation Diary. It's just, yeah, it...
0: And like the house parties are kind of like the high point of dramatic tension because it's like, oh, it's where Lena can get caught or and there's music happening at them, which I think both you and I were struggling to figure out exactly what kind of music was being played at that first barn show. I didn't take it as heavy metal. I took it as like shoegazy kind of something. Oh,
1: no, no, no. What what Hannah was listening to, I thought might have been like heavy metal or punk because it was described Mm -hmm. as like sharp and abrasive and. I don't know. I thought that's how like a, a regular person might describe that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. But in, yeah, in any it, case, it like, really slows down the middle. Yeah, it really slows down <laughs> for a while.
0: And like when the, when your high point of, of tension during during like a lengthy novel is like, and then she went to a house show where some music was playing, and she might get caught. I, it's not as exciting to be reading, and especially when the in between is like, and then they hung out at the abandoned house and they giggled and laughed and had a good time. Yeah, it's Perfect. a
1: lot of hanging out at the abandoned house. And yeah, and like at the so the the barn show, the like outdoor abandoned farm show, the first one that happens goes goes off without a hitch, nothing happens. But then the second party they're having is like a basement show in an abandoned house. Um and that one that's the night of the raids they do raids like randomly on neighborhoods and randomly in houses and neighbor- It's it seems like it's very random so they can try to you know get as many evil lovers as they can um, freeze drop the love <laughs> um I can see you're holding that burrito
0: it's love stop it it's just so delicious you can't take it from me he's taking another bite get him
1: Lethal force, lethal force, I mean that's really like don't talk about police brutality, um so they're at this this party in this house show party or whatever when the the raid happens, and Lena actually didn't go because she was so worried about the raid, and then she ends up going to warn Hannah and to get you know to get her out of there safely, and sure enough, right after she gets there, the raid squadron appears and they, uh, they immediately just walk in and start killing teenagers. Yes. <laughs> like beating them to death. No questions. Like Chris was saying, just gleefully murdering preteens and teenagers in this house party. And they have attack German shepherds. And Lena gets fucking chomped on the leg by a dog and it's tearing into her, and then, like, Alex kind of jukes her out of the way, and the cop accidentally hits the dog, so it lets go, and they get away. And I'm like, if a German shepherd who is trained to attack and kill bites through your fucking leg, how do you think that would heal? Do you think you would perhaps need stitches? Do you think you'd have a mangled scar on your leg forever i do i would think you would need stitches and that you would have a horrible scar no the book makes a specific point to say oh that that healed up real nice she was just kind of hobbling for a couple days but it's fine it was like a
0: little cream and a bandage and you're cool (laughs) And,
1: and earlier like it even said like wow it looked like a whole chunk of her calf was missing and like yeah a dog tried to rip your calf apart like I just, I, it really killed me that the author was like, it, and then it was totally fine, and everyone clapped, and it was just healed <laughs> so nicely. And I was like, son of a bitch, you know that wouldn't heal that well. <laughs> and the worst part of it is like, they didn't even do DIY stitches. They didn't actually just sew up her leg with thread. They just wrapped it and put some. Yeah, like it was you a, was it was a little cream on and a it. bandage.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess it was fucking skin revival cream to the extreme where it just literally reconstructs missing skin
1: yeah and it's not like we're in a you know a kind of sci-fi dystopia where their science is far ahead of ours like no it's literally just like oh a dog ripped a chunk out of your leg let's put some neosporin and a bandage on it like that was again this is like another book where there's so many little things that just take me away from what i'm supposed to be caring about
0: I mean, but when there's not much there in terms of the plotting pacing to hook into, of course you're going to focus on stuff like that a lot more about it. And I mean like to be fair, I get that in stories like this, it's not about like it's not an action movie, right? You're not supposed to be there for the big bombastic scenes. You're supposed to be there for the internal struggle Lena is having between like Oh, I think this boy is cute, and oh no, I know being horny is evil or whatever. Like the bonk police are literally out here bonking people to <laughs> death over it.
1: Yeah, death bonk.
0: <laughs> like they're they're bonking real good out here, but but like I don't know, man. It feels like there's a lot of scenes with Lena and Hannah running, or Lena and Hannah having like kind of a awkward conversation, or even a fight about things and. That struggle that Lena is having and even though we did talk about a lot of good descriptions and stuff that happened there, when you have that conversation like two or three times and it feels like nothing moves forward too much from that, we're just kind of waiting for that next dramatic moment where something forces like movement within the relationship or decisions to have to be made. I I just didn't find that as compelling. And, I mean, talk about face-planting on a Bechdel test here when you have Lena and Hannah only talking about Alex or, like, how Lena feels about Alex or, like, the society around which Lena must negotiate being with Alex.
1: Yeah, it really suffers from a, just so many of, of these tropes that we've talked about. Like you said, you know, face-plants right into the Bechdel test. Yeah, I mean everything centers around this stupid romance and you know we're not fans of general stupid romance on the show it's just not something we're into like you've got to make it interesting you got to make us care and it it almost did because i was like wow that again this premise is really dumb but the inner turmoil writing is good so maybe i'll hang out a little bit and then i was like why am i here i just want to go i'm stuck in this elevator with this hold music Ugh. i just had
0: a thought i just like, had a thought what if like the the like this series goes on and it's revealed that the final end boss emperors of the society or whatever is just us having been fucking sick of all the romance subplots in books all the time and we're just <laughs> so like, we no, it's fucking banned bottomy. forever <laughs> We can't stand this shit anymore
1: I mean, I would love bottomize a book for sure <laughs> like every publisher has to submit. There are manuscripts to Chris and Paris, Minions of Terriblo, to be judged and eviscerated if they have too much love in them. If if there's
0: <laughs> that's, one that's if there's one sentence about someone's nice hair or chiseled body oh. or you know, someone is like like you're getting sent straight out into the wild Yeah. Let's go.
1: Chop chop.
0: I almost I almost right there just said if there's one sentence about someone's chiseled hair, which I feel like at some point in like all these romance tropes that we're going to encounter that someday.
1: I mean, we kind of do in this because. okay. so I don't know if you got this uh, vibe, but I I really thought the struggle Lena was going to have was being a little gay. And I thought Hannah was going to be gay. And I thought that was going to be the struggle like oh, we're kind of gay, but then Alex. And no, but the way that she talks about her friend is kind of weird. She's kind of like always worshiping Hannah and like talking about how perfect her golden hair is in the sun. And then when they're running together before she thinks she's going to leave, she says something like, she is perfect and she is mine. And I was like, Uh (laughs) I think we're not dealing with some undertones in this.
0: Yeah, I could see what you mean. I mean, I... I also...
1: uh, I don't know. But it didn't go In the same way we
0: talk about how not every relationship has to have a romantic tinge to it, I think you can feel someone is yours in a platonic way. Have you never been Uh, jealous of a friend hanging out with another friend?
1: No, I never have.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, that's a legitimate feeling that a lot of people have, right? It's not uh, like a romantic thing. It's just... My yeah. friend's hanging out with my... They're other friends, and I want to see my friend. It's
1: not it's not the core sentiment I'm critiquing. It's the way that it's displayed in here, which makes me feel like it is borderline romantic. Yeah. It's kind of like, if you've watched House of the Dragon, um, Rhaenyra and Allison when they're very young. I feel like there's definitely yeah, like I, a... I can a also weird, see that argument, too. A weird romantic closeness that, you know, is never really fully expressed, but seems like it's always under the surface, and that was sort of what I got with these two, but then, then it never goes anywhere, so I was like, I'm just reading into this too much. Like, I don't, I don't know. Maybe. Um, it, but it ends, like I said, every time I was like, oh, there's going to be this twist, it was just just straight and narrow, nothing, nothing yeah. twisty. It was real like, and then point A goes to point B, and then C, and I mean, like you said, Chris, I would have complained either way, you know, like, <laughs> um, because... Both paths are boring. They're just different shades of boring, different <laughs> shades of gray in the sunset and or whatever. Bitch and the club with Chris and Paris. Yeah, no, I just, man, I just want things to surprise me. I want to be surprised. I want to feel like I've got something to solve. And just all these books we have, we read on the show, we just there's no mystery, there's no surprise, there's no like you said, there's no, there's no. Synapse on the fucking right side of my head connecting with a synapse at the back of the left side of my skull. You know, we're not we're not meeting. We're not making new connections. We're just doing yeah, the same nothing... old shit, and I hate it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. There's nothing it. really too new here. Again, even though we did praise some good writing up top, at like I, yeah. I stand by that as well. It's just again that. When everything about the, 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 the dystopia doesn't work, the romance isn't even necessarily that new or interesting. I guess it's at least better than Twilight's fucking, yeah, I do like brown. Brown is warm or whatever.
1: <laughs> I don't know, man. We've got the color of sunset is gray. Kind of feels like it's on the same level. Yeah, and, not and like, that shall field. I compare
0: thee to a summer's day? Pop no. it up over here. So like,
1: I mean, that's just like a joke, man. Like you put a fucking <laughs> joke in your serious book about love like i god
0: damn okay um i I mean it even ends in like your tropey like bad boy coming to save you like motorcycle Uh, fucking rescue hair whipping in the wind and you can hear fucking springsteen in the background baby we were born to run
1: (laughs) no actually what would what would be the song playing in that scene
0: it'll be born to run man that's that's the fucking one that okay. is the, like, er, God song of, like, running away with, like, your young, hot boyfriend.
1: Oh, okay. God, sometimes I feel like a fucking alien. I just don't know this <laughs> at all. You're like, yeah, Paris, this very popular thing that everyone knows. And I'm like, huh? um, Yeah. I, and, yet, uh, and
0: yet you still have too much of Hero's Journey and fucking uh- <laughs> romance subplot, <laughs> yeah. so even you can't escape.
1: I know. Um. Yeah, I mean... You know, can we do we want to go to can we fix it?
0: Sure. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm go
1: ahead. Go ahead.
0: Like, I don't know, it. man. <laughs> There's like we can okay. talk about the decent, like emotional content and character yeah. interaction, but you can't have this particular story without the really stupid premise, right? Like, if you untangle that then like you don't have the motivation of internal struggle that Lita has and the whole mob subplot falls apart because there's just no like love is a legal fascist state then scratching love into the wall makes even less sense than like the middling amount of sense that it was kind of making you oh you're there. right
1: Chris like how will she ever get out through a differently shaped letter
0: <laughs> like... you ever try to get out through an R it's very <laughs> difficult do you go up or down
1: the m is particularly treacherous. <laughs> no holes
0: t is right out <laughs> <laughs> but you you got to throw the whole thing out is what i'm saying here man yeah. it's like there, you got to start somewhere write something else with this skill set
1: mm. yeah like this is another book where the it's clear the author can write and edit and like you know make you care about a character and feel like he, they're a person because I felt like Lena was very real and even like Hannah Mm -hmm. and the characters felt super like they felt like people they felt fleshed out they even talked to each other like people I I think we forgot to say that the dialogue was part of what was good about the writing so like you have these real solid bones real fucking healthy frame here (laughs) but then it's just fucking wasted on this like bland nothing story with a backdrop that they they didn't think about just wasn't thought through at all and I mean I think it would make a lot more sense if if like only romantic love was banned like through legislation and we lived in like some kind of incel prearranged marriage situation with exams and everything like at least then the fabric of the rest of existence wouldn't be tearing at all angles constantly because you couldn't even <laughs> like cheese, you know? I mean, I think, I think really getting rid of that, like, medical procedure aspect, targeting all love and desire, I think it could work fine, right? If you just, like, rearrange the fascist pieces in this in this horrible puzzle. Um, again, I just think Man of the High Castle does it pretty well, so, like, if you're wondering what I'm talking about, that's probably the best example I can think of. And in terms of the interpersonal stuff, you know, I'm, you know, we're not really into romances on the show, and I don't think this one is, like, as spectacular as it thinks it is, but then again, maybe we're supposed to be going along with the idea that, oh, romantic love is so foreign that even your Dollar Tree variety feels really special, but I'm just not interested in reading about Alex Abs reading Shakespeare to a girl who just feels too plain, which is not for me, but it could be improved if the author rethought the whole, like, love-bottomy thing, um... I don't know, yeah, it bums me out, because this, this author's really clearly got some, like, chops in terms of, like, young people dialogue, interpersonal stuff, emotional turmoil, and it's really too bad that... You know what, God, this is... I mean, different reasons for critiquing the the kind of the, the setting and backdrop and why we hated it, but this is a lot like fucking All our Wrong Todays. Yeah got an author who can like nail all the interpersonal turmoil and stuff and and everything but then uh, everything else you know when you zoom out what did you say it's like a big dog shit even though yeah even though like up close the intricacies are beautiful but then like if you zoom out you're like oh wow it's really just a painting of a big poop yeah yeah um all
0: right i mean i i i would not recommend this book but paris what if i told you That while I was, like, searching through the Goodreads to, like, grab the back of the book summary and some other stuff Mm -hmm. there, I learned that there are multiple other series with nearly the same premise by completely different authors. So remember that thing you said about, like, oh, what if it was just, like, you're matched and, like, romantic love is... Illegal. That is the uh, there was some other author like Ali something. She wrote a book called Matched. That was like book one in a series about that. And that was like part of the whole thing there. I thought it was like the same universe, but like different authors sharing it for a second, like warrior cats or something. But no, it's just like literally almost the same thing, but without the love bottomy part of it. Then there was another one by some dude that was called Uglies, and it's about how um, at, at, when you're 18, you get a surgery that turns you into a pretty, which is like cosmetic surgery, and then everyone else that doesn't get it are Really Really
1: reaching far on that terminology, huh? Really digging deep.
0: <laughs> and I saw some other ones that were pretty similar too, so it's not even like this is the only thing that's doing this very stupid premise. Just a little piece of information for you to digest.
1: As you've been saying that, I've just sat here thinking, why do I bother? Why do I read anything? <laughs> why am I alive? No.
0: <laughs> We've been feeding off like gruel for so long. Like we gotta. That's... I think we eventually do have to talk about books that we like again. We haven't done good media corner in a while. Oh, here,
1: that's true. We haven't done that in a while, and I pr- probably have a good pile. But you know, I was I not prepared would like for say... that this day. I would like to say one decent thing, you know, sort of towards towards the very end of our last episode or not last episode, episode before that. Um, I don't remember what's happening anymore. We record these so early in time that I don't know what's happening anymore. But Skulldug Re-Pleasant, you know, we were talking about I was like, oh, I just really need people to do something different. This is so boring. But you you know, we we kind of both came to this idea at the end that, you know what, though? In the grand scheme of things, if this was like the first fantasy book that someone read, I'd much rather have them read that than like something else that was chock full of like misogyny and over-sexualization and like all these bad like toxic masculinity tropes or whatever. It didn't have any of that. And so it was, you know, if similar to this, it's like, yeah, this is pretty lame and samey, but at least the emotional turmoil stuff has some weight. And like, if you're a kid reading this, it might make you think about things, right? Uh, Might make you, Mm -hmm. yeah, it might, it might help maybe help you think through some of that stuff on your own. And, um, I, I feel like a lot of YA stuff we've read for this show does not ever have that kind of weight. So (laughs) this one, this one kind of dipped its toes in there and got to a good distance, you know? Um, so I, I guess I can't, can't say it's the worst I don't. I wouldn't recommend this but if you were you know not to like another person our age or something but I think if maybe if you are someone who wants to write YA or you are a younger person who likes this kind of thing I don't know this this one might be worth reading just for that part just for the dialogue and the sort of inner monologue stuff because I think that's the that's the valuable part of this and similar similar with Skullduggery Pleasant like if you're interested or want to you know want to read or sorry want to write like kind of silly quirky sort of fantasy YA stuff I guess it wouldn't be the worst idea to check that out to be like okay what is my competition like like what is other stuff like in this arena that is halfway decent um I don't it's just tough cuz so so often we get books recommended to us that you know we really have no business reading cuz it's not <laughs> it's not for us at all. And I think this is another one of those but um yeah, I don't know. It's too bad. I hope this author I guess goes on to write things that are not in this universe because good god, there are two other books after this one. Just in case you haven't had enough of not being able to like ice cream. Two more books. Um so yeah.
0: Well, Paris, um, this is where we thank our patrons. Thank you to our patrons. Dari, Greg, Veronica, Will, D, Jared, Arant, Senya Jakub, Lycoris, Elliot, Kieran, Martin, Luchek, Miri, Yanka, David, Anya, Patricia, Austin, Donnie, Crimson Paladin, Beast with the least, Scott H, Robin, Stodies, Of the Void, The Taco Eating Unicorn, Last Man on Earth are one funny robot with antennas. Hobby Boy 93 Harry, Mason, Renee, Emmy, and our Kofi Donor Kiwi thing. Thank you so much, everybody. All right. Well, I'm off to um enjoy Cheez-Its. I have some Cheez-Its <laughs> on the actually sitting next to me. A big old bag of Cheez-Its here. So um you'll <sighs> take those from me fucking kicking and screaming from my cold, dead, salty fingers.
1: <laughs> Are they white cheddar Cheez-Its?
0: No, those are terrible. What are you talking about?
1: I love white cheddar Cheez-Its.
0: You can have them then, and you're allowed to love them as much as you want. Paris, live free to love as and you die.
1: will. And um, die of cholesterol, high cholesterol. I, um, I, it's the regular of the L- Toasty L- for me. HDL. <laughs> I, um, I, I think I'm going to go, oh, I want cheese now. We've been talking about, I actually had uh, two small homemade burritos for dinner before we mm. recorded and yet my lust for cheese continues I think I'm gonna have some wickedly habanero uh, the best cabbage cheese you have not had it
0: you don't say to it too loud Paris they're coming for us oh god oh, no! ah! they're here they'll
1: pry my cheese from my cold dead hands Thank you for listening to another episode of terrible book club terrible book club is an independent podcast produced by your hosts paris and chris sound design and audio editing by chris with sound effects and music by epidemic sound and sometimes also chris our theme song is kiss by yearn which is you guessed it actually also chris you can find more of his soothing synthy sounds on bandcamp at yearn.bandcamp.com do you want us to review a book of your choice on the show do you want access to some extra audiovisual weirdness? If so, become a patron at patreon.com/terriblebookclub. If you'd like to send us a one-time tip instead, you can do that at ko-fi.com/terriblebookclub. You can also support TBC for free by sharing the show on social media, following our accounts on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or Goodreads, telling your friends about your favorite episode, or by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or anywhere else on the internet. To send us book recommendations or your adorable pet photos, send an email to terriblebookclub at gmail.com.